Are you concerned about the air that you're breathing, especially with increasing air pollution? We all know how vital indoor air quality is, and here's where Puro Air steps in to make the difference. Did you know that indoor air can be up to 100 times, 100 times dirtier than the air outside? That's where Puro Air comes to the rescue. In just 30 minutes, this revolutionary device can transform the air in your room by removing allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases. But what sets Puro Air apart is its cutting-edge HEPA-14 filter, a powerhouse that tackles pollutants at a microscopic level. And it's not just me saying that, Puro Air is backed by scientists from both Harvard and MIT. I personally loved having a Puro Air purifier. I feel like I can breathe again, especially after battling congestion for like the last month. Winter can be tough, but within an hour, it was crazy. I could feel my sinuses beginning to open up. I slept through the night without coughing, and I've been sleeping so much better now that we have a Puro Air running in our bedroom. So check it out at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time, getpuroair.com. Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane, I'm a mother of three, living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Today begins a four-week series called Minimalist Living. You'll hear from minimalists living on boats, in vans, traveling the world, and on today's episode, New York City. Author Elizabeth Passarella joined me to discuss parenting in the city, what has been trickier and easier while living in smaller spaces and more. I loved hearing how minimalism has influenced life in these areas, and my hope is that it encourages you in your own minimalist pursuits, or maybe even prompts you to change up your lifestyle. You never know. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to encourage you to pre-order a copy of my upcoming book, Minimalist Moms, Living and Parenting with Simplicity. I'm just so excited to bring you this new content. And in my opinion, I really don't think there's another book on minimalism out there like this one, though there are some wonderful ones for sure. I do have the book broken down into various categories of minimalism that you can focus on in your daily life, such as time, mindfulness, sentimental items, post-holiday decluttering, sustainability, pregnancy, and postpartum intentional purchasing, and more. I've included a link in the show notes for you. Again, thank you to everyone who supports The Minimalist Moms by listening, leaving rating and reviews, or just following along on social media. It really does mean the world to me, and I just can't wait to see how this community continues to grow moving forward. There's only one other thing I wanted to say before the episode begins. A few times the sound quality was just a little bit off on our Zoom call. Sometimes Zoom just doesn't have the best connection, especially when so many people are using it during certain hours. So I just wanted to point that out and let you know that I am aware of it. And unfortunately, I can't fix it. But I hope that you enjoy this episode nonetheless. And here's my interview with Elizabeth. Elizabeth, thanks so much for joining me on the Minimalist Moms podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yes. Well, I'm a little bit jealous because are you living in NYC currently? I am living yeah. in NYC currently. I yeah. guess that's probably like there are pros and cons to that right now during COVID. It's not quite as much fun as it usually is. It's going to be fun again. It's not quite as much fun as it usually is. Yeah. <laughs> so come visit later. Yeah. I am excited to hear about your experience in New York. But before we get into our conversation, I'm going to allow you to introduce who you are to listeners that may not be familiar with you. 
great. I would love to. So um, my name is Elizabeth Passarella. I'm a writer in New York, like you said. Um, so I have worked for the past 20 years um, in magazines, mostly magazines and newspapers. I've been a writer and an editor. Um, so my first book that I have written, which is called Good Apple, is coming out in January. So um, that is what I've been working on uh, most of most of the past year and a half. And it is just essays about this life that I'm living, about parenting and marriage, um, about a vermin trapped in my apartment. <laughs> so uh, a little faith, a little politics in the book. So my husband and I have three children. My daughter is 10 and my two sons are eight and two and a half. So um, yes, I've lived in New York for the past 21 years, almost 22 years, but I grew up in the South. I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. That's where I was born and raised. Yeah. And we're going to talk today about your move and how you did have to become more minimal and I guess just intentional about your space and what you were bringing in and how that varied from living in Tennessee. I'm curious though, do you consider yourself a minimalist? I know that you had to condense, but some people still don't consider themselves minimalist. So I'm curious to know your answer. I do. Okay. Yes, I definitely do. I think that New York, people who really thrive in New York tend to be minimalist. Yeah. I first think that if you're a minimalist, or at least you don't have some of those tendencies, it can be really challenging to live in New York and just be in a small space and not have a basement or a garage or a storage unit, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that people who are really happiest here, especially with kids, with all of their stuff and their packed schedules and just life being busy, mm-hmm. it helps. But yes, I, I certainly am um, minimalist. Helps me that I'm not a big shopper mm. in general. Mm-hmm. I don't really love to shop. Mm-hmm. It's never been something that I've enjoyed a lot. Um, I, I have a ton of clothes, neither things. He's not a big gear person or anything like that. And I just I I, I like having the parameters of New York City on my life, if that makes sense. I like having those natural boundaries. There's just mm-hmm. only so much that you can fit into your space. And also mm-hmm. because the city is overwhelming, the city can be very stimulating. The city is very active. It's noisy. It's busy. So I think there's only so much that you can fit in terms of your sanity and your life. So from a, a you know a mental perspective, I think you have to really quiet your life in some sense because the city itself and mm-hmm. just walking, we walk everywhere. We don't really get in cars and drive as much. Mm-hmm. So um, the city itself is so stimulating that I think you have to really quiet your home. In our house, anyway, mm-hmm. um, everything has to have a place. I'm I, I like a clean home. I'm sure many of your listeners feel the same way that when the house is put together and clean, it makes your brain feel clean and mm-hmm. calm. Your mental state is definitely affected by the state of the living room. So everything in the house has a place. The toys have containers. The clothes all have a place. And for me, if we're going to bring something in, it needs to be something we love. So the one in one out system is very. I didn't ask you this previously, but how big is your space in New York? How big, how, what are you working sure. with? Yes, I know. It's, everyone's always really curious. Mm-hmm. So it is 1,200 square feet. Okay. 1,241 to be specific, which actually in New York is not that small. I feel like um, sometimes we have a bigger apartment than a lot of our friends. We have, we know families who have three kids. I know a couple of families who have four kids who live in smaller spaces. So mm-hmm. to us, um, it feels like an embarrassment of riches sometimes, which I know sounds crazy to people who live in big houses in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it is 1,241 square feet and it's two bedrooms and two bathrooms. Okay. 
Yeah, my husband and I, prior to having our third, we lived in a duplex, um, and it was a two-bedroom duplex, and we had 900 square feet there. What has it looked like? You've been there for over 20 years. What has it looked like transitioning from more Southern living to New York? And again, we'll touch on kind of like the pros and cons, but I want to just hear like maybe some of the biggest impacts that it's had on you. Sure. Well, I think from a parenting perspective, now I was never a parent in the Mm -hmm. South. I've only had kids in New York. But um, I think from a parenting perspective, most of my friends who live in the South, you know, are raising their kids in a somewhat similar way to how we grew up, Mm -hmm. um, which was great. I loved my childhood. But I think for me, it's been very interesting to sort of guide my children through a childhood that looks very, very different from mine, mm-hmm. which, which, I, which I really loved. And it's one of the things that I like most about raising kids in New York and living here is mm-hmm. just that, number one, you are out and about around other people constantly. And I think that as humans, we have a tendency to sort of gravitate towards people who think like us and look like us and share the same interests. And in New York, you don't really have that. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're just in community constantly with people who are just really very, very different from you, whether it's people that live in our building, we live in an elevator building. That is really special to me for the better and impacted my kids' lives for the better. We sit next to people on the bus. We go to school with people who I think if we lived uh, where I lived growing up, wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily look like, like that. Um, and it's hard. It's really hard. I think there's there's a lot of things about New York living, especially with kids, that's hard in the sense that you don't have the convenience of a backyard. You don't have yeah. a trampoline. We don't have a pool. Um, I can't just send my children outside. I have to go with them to the playground. I have to go with them. And it's hard. It's physically exhausting. So be good. You know, I always say to my children, mm-hmm. uh, we are not promised comfort. God does not promise you comfort. And sometimes when things are uncomfortable, which they are, and especially now, mm-hmm. um, it rubs off the rough edges to an extent. And I think yeah. uh, that can be that can be a good thing. That can be a real blessing. So, um, so that is what I love about New York. And I just, yeah, I mean, I love the energy of the city. I love the changing seasons. There's just a lot of, a lot of great things. In 2021, it's definitely okay to talk about our mental health and happiness. 2020 was interesting. So let's just do a mental health check-in. How are you really? And what do you need right now? Humans are not meant to keep everything inside. It makes us sick and therapy helps. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help, or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever it is that you need, don't be ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if it's for you, because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Minimalist Mom listeners get 10% off the first month at BetterHelp.com slash Minimalist. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Minimalist. For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand, and that's why I was excited to partner with HomeThreads. HomeThreads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. 
At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a curated collection of sleek and functional furniture that speaks to the heart of minimalist living, from multifunctional storage to timeless design. They have everything you need to create a clutter-free and serene space for your family. As most of you know, we've recently moved, and I'm not someone to just fill up a room so that it's done and decorated. I wanted to do this with intention, and so I searched out accent chairs on home threads and found the perfect mid-century modern chair that really complements my space. So embrace the beauty of less and elevate your home with purposeful pieces. Visit homethreads.com minimalist and get a code for 15% off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. I'm curious what has been trickier about living in New York, and again, I know that you didn't have kids prior, but what's trickier and then maybe what are some of the perks? Sure, sure. Uh, so I think what is trickier, I mean, currently, currently, and I love the life we are all living is that school is taking place in my living room. Yeah. Sure. When obviously this is not what we envisioned our lives. We didn't buy this apartment with the expectation that we would all be working and living and schooling in it. So yeah. I know that this is temporary. I hope this is temporary, but currently, yeah, there's just not a lot of margin to stretch. They are, they are doing school in our living room. I have a two-year-old who's here with a babysitter and it's just a lot of bodies in a small space. Mm-hmm. I would say a tricky thing. Winters can be long. You know, it's cold in New York. It snows a lot. So especially this one, but any winter it can be, it can be tough. I would love a fire pit. (laughs) I'd love to have a fire pit outside. Mm -hmm. And I do, like I said before, having to walk with my kids, go with my kids places like playgrounds and parks and whatnot, and not being able to just give them free reign. On the flip side though, and I think this can be a benefit is that kids in New York are really independent. And because it is a pretty relatively safe big city and there's people everywhere and there's always families and kids walking and around on the parks. Yes, it is trickier when they are younger, mm-hmm. but it's, it's great when they're older. And you know, my kids, they, they share bathrooms, they share a room. Um, that I think most people would assume that is really hard. I see that as a good thing. Mm-hmm. I love that my kids share a room. I think that they learn patience. I think they learn empathy. I think they're closer mm-hmm. because they live in close proximity. About my kids, when they have a friend over, I think about the things that my sister and I, or my friends and I, were doing in a different wing of the house that the parents never knew about. What yeah. we were saying to each other, yelling at each other, fighting, mm-hmm. and I kind of hear it all. It doesn't mean I always get involved, but at least I'm very aware of what's going on in my kids' lives because we're just in close proximity to each other. You know, one thing about. Um, that's been really interesting is food shopping. I I love, I mean, I love to cook. 
I meal plan. I do most of the grocery shopping, cooking my family. And I love watching other people cook. I mean, I love watching people go grocery shopping on Instagram, seeing how how they stock their pantries and their fridges. We don't have a pantry. We have a couple of cabinets that have some chips or things in them. Mm -hmm. We obviously grocery shop more frequently because um, we just don't have a huge space. I don't have two refrigerators or I don't have a freezer in my garage where I can store meat or something like that. So Mm -hmm. I think that, um, again, there are two ways to look at it. Some people might look at that and think it's a a huge burden, but I really like that. I feel like I am very intentional about what I buy. I, we don't waste food. Everything gets eaten because we just don't buy a ton. Um, it was really tricky in the beginning of the pandemic, especially when it was so bad in New York in March Mm -hmm. and April, because it was really hard to go to the grocery stores. Mm -hmm. The lines were really long. So we did do kind of a huge shop once every couple of weeks and try to buy enough stuff to get us through, but it was difficult because we don't have the storage for it. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think my kids probably eat a little healthier. I mean, Mm -hmm. listen, I'm not, I mean, I, I cook a lot of different kinds of food. It's not something that's a huge focus in terms of health for us, Mm -hmm. but we just don't have room for snack drawers. It doesn't exist. So there's not a ton of grab and go snacky things in our house because we don't have anywhere to put it. So I do think that my kids probably eat a little healthier than if I had a huge pantry that they could, could serve themselves from. Um, and like I said, we just, we don't waste a lot. And, and I like that I'm because I do like cooking. So I like buying fresh food and I like having, having what I need and, and not having things go bad, but it can, it can be tricky, but I also think it's great. Also all the people that I know in the suburbs who are, their eyes are being open to the wonders of grocery delivery. Mm-hmm. New Yorkers have been doing that for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great thing. I mean, just being able to always have groceries delivered, especially when you, if you live in an apartment, we don't, but if somebody lived in an apartment where you had to walk up a bunch of stairs, having things delivered, that is a huge, just wonderful thing about New York that I feel like has been an asset to New York for many years, long before the pandemic hit is you can get almost anything delivered. And, and also of course you can, get takeout. So yeah, I think food is another one that, that, that looks really different from other places, but I really like the the difference. Yeah. I am thinking there are probably people listening and they're curious how they can implement what you're saying into their own lives. And I think that they can, I think that you're talking about being intentional, number one, about your spaces, but also like maybe living with less than you think you can. And it sounds like you give your kids a lot of independence. You talked about how you some you're in the same space, but you also allow your kids to kind of take control if you don't always have to step in. And so there's a lot that you are saying here that would apply to minimalist intentional living lifestyles, no matter where you are in the country. But I want to go back specifically to your book. What is just something that you would want readers to take away from reading it? Sure. Well, I think I really wrote the book um, because I feel like there are people who don't live in New York City and assume that it is really, really different raising kids in the city. Mm-hmm. And also there's people who live in, for example, Memphis, where I grew up, people who I grew up with who think that my life um, looks really different from theirs. Mm-hmm. And I, I really wrote the book to tell people that we have so much in common. Yeah. You know, there's there's definitely a faith component of this book. I talk about being a Christian living in New York City. I talk a little bit about politics. And what I wanted to say to sort of the Christian people that I grew up with is there's tons of people just like you who live in New York City. Mm-hmm. And what I want to tell people in New York City is, um, you know, I'm, I'm totally a New Yorker, but I also have uh, this faith that guides my life, which might be really strange to New Yorkers. So I think that, number one, we just kind of have lots in common. Mm-hmm. And... You know, the other thing that I think is kind of a theme throughout the book is just 
And this definitely applies to even just someone who takes um, intentional living and minimal living really seriously is Mm -hmm. just the concept of identity Mm -hmm. that I tell a lot of stories in this book that make me look really bad. (laughs) I I talk about fighting with my husband outside on the street corner. I talk Mm -hmm. about mistakes I've made in my parenting. I talk about fights I've had with my children or just ways that I've screwed up. And I think the reason that I am just so open and honest and want to tell these stories is because it's not my identity. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love living in New York and my family would probably say that I do make being a New Yorker part of my identity. I'm very proud of New York and mm-hmm. I love New York and I, I'm, I love living here, but it's not my identity. Mm-hmm. And I, I love being a mom and I love my kids and, um, I'm not always great at it. Sometimes I screw up. It's okay because it's not just who I am. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the other faith component of the book is just saying that that's really where my identity is. So these other areas of my life, I can just be really real and really honest about them because um, because it's not ultimately what grounds me or what my foundation is. So um, So yeah, it's funny. It is definitely the person who looks the worst in all of these stories is me. So Mm -hmm. if you want to read about (laughs) making mistakes and asking for forgiveness a lot, that's me. Yeah, but it is, it's, I talk about Christmas time in New York and seeing the Radio City Rockettes. It's a lot of really lovely parts of New York. It's a love letter to the city, which I think the city really needs right now. So I'm excited kind of for the timing of when it's going to come out. Yeah. Well, where can listeners find a copy of your book and connect with you online if they're looking to do so? They can find the book anywhere that books are sold. So they can find it at their local bookstore. And obviously it's available on Amazon and all the other big places too. Um, I am probably most active on Instagram. That's what I like the most. Mm -hmm. And you can find me at E-S, as in Sam, Passarella. So E-S-P-A-S-S-A-R-E-L-L-A. That's where I am on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook at Elizabeth Passarella, but I love Instagram more. Yeah, I hear you. Well, as we wrap things up, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is, what is something that you're simplifying right now, aka what is your minimalist moment of the week? Okay. So we are talking uh, as we sort of gear up for the holidays right Mm -hmm. now. And I would say that uh, one of the biggest things I started this sort of practice last year, and I'm definitely continuing it this year, Mm -hmm. is I'm just not overthinking gift buying. Yeah. I think that I tend to hem and haw about what's the perfect set of Legos that my son would like, or what is this? And I'm just not doing that. If I mm-hmm. see something and I feel like it's the right fit, I buy it. If I am all about Instagram ads, I will, <laughs> if I see something and I think that's cool, I'll buy it. I'll try it. I will look at gift guides. I love all the bloggers and all the people that put out gift guides. I just want to keep it very, very simple. I, yeah. I can spend a lot of time, um, you know, just researching and negotiating and talking to my husband about it. And I'm just not going to do that anymore. I just feel like I need to make quick decisions. I need to not overthink gifts. Um, I'm trying really hard this year to shop, not at Amazon, to, you know, shop yeah. with small, um, small stores and small businesses. But um, sometimes you get a dud. I bought my sister this really weird sort of back massager mat thing last year that I don't think she's ever used. I think it's probably a dog toy now, but it was, I saw it. I thought she would like it. I bought it. And it's fine. She doesn't, it was fine. And it was, that was probably the biggest dud that I had last year, but I'm just not overthinking gifts. And it's been really freeing. I just, I see something, I get it. I move on. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's great. I feel like my personality, if I act that way, I'm going to buy way too much. I'm just gonna be like, I want that, 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 oh, that, that, that. We have to put a limit. Yeah. yeah. One thing, one thing per person or, or, or three things or whatever it is for your kids. But 
yeah, I'm just not, I'm not overthinking gift buying this year. No, yeah, that's great. I think that you're right. I, a lot of us do tend to overthink it and dwell, and then we haven't made a decision and then it's too late. And the thing we really wanted, we should have just purchased and it's gone now. And then you have to, yeah. or you have to pay for overnight shipping. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. happened to me too, is I wait too long or I talk to four different people or what did you get so-and-so last year? You have a 10 year old, what did you get her? And then I wait too long and I end up having to pay expedited shipping to get it to me. So mm-hmm. that's the other thing. I want to get it done early and quickly. Yeah, I agree. And I love that you mentioned, well, what is something that you can't stop talking about? Okay. So Diane, I don't know if you follow the Instagram account, the Go Clean ladies who are based in Canada. No. So it is a cleaning company that's based in Canada. It's a, it's a, it's a business Mm -hmm. and they have an Instagram account. I think it's Go Clean Co. Mm -hmm. And, um, they kind of have a system for how they do things. I mean, they go into people's houses and clean. It's a legitimate business, but they mm-hmm. also post a lot of cleaning videos on Instagram. And I love to clean and love watching cleaning videos, but they have a handbook and they kind of have a system for how they do things. And they're big proponents of powdered Tide. Okay. So what they do, they use it for everything. They use it for floors. They claim that there is something in powdered Tide. It has to be Tide. It has to be powdered. Okay. But there's something in powdered Tide. It's something about the way that it's formulated and the surfactant that really picks up dirt really well. And you only have to use a teaspoon in a bucket of water. And they use a very specific mop. It's this spin mop uh-huh. by a company called O-Cedar. Uh-huh. It was one of my first pandemic purchases at Target. <laughs> I bought this mop. And it has completely changed my life in terms of cleaning my floors. Uh-huh. It's fun to use. The tide smells really good and it cleans my floors better than they have ever been cleaned. I have used so many different systems, spray mops and all these different things. And this, they almost feel like velvet when they are done. They're just, and you use a teaspoon of tide, it's nothing. And it cleans them so much better. It Mm -hmm. smells good. It's, you're using so much less product. It's cheap. Mm-hmm. And then they said, oh, and if you have a front-loading washing machine, you should use the powdered Tide in that, which of course I was using a liquid eco-friendly detergent, which I love, but I always had that mildewy smell, smell in yeah. my washer. So I started using powdered Tide in my washing machine. There's not been a smell in probably six months, Whoa. like no, no odor or anything. So it sounds really lame, but I'm really into powdered Tide. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm going to have to check it out. I was just telling my sister, she was over yesterday, my son spilled something. So I was down at the floor level and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I thought my house was clean. Yeah. And then I realized I really need to scrub this. I think I used to clean my floors probably maybe three times a year because I just yeah. hated it so much. Uh-huh. And now I really like it. It's actually turned into a task that I really like. So the spin mop, the powdered Tide, it's a good combination. Cool. Well, I'll definitely, I'll put that in the show notes for people and I'm just, I'll check, I'll check that out for sure. Well, this was wonderful. I appreciate your time today. Of course. It was so nice to talk to you. Thanks so much. What did you think of the interview? I truly believe that you can be a minimalist anywhere because it really is a mindset and we are so influenced by our environment, but we also can create our own environment within the spaces that we're living. We always have the choice, you know, I truly do believe that you can be a minimalist anywhere. So I look forward to you hearing these last three episodes coming up in the following weeks. I'd love to know your thoughts though. So I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with us.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.